1: Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. I'm Sharon Hennepin. I'm a 24-year breast cancer survivor. I'm a certified life coach and the author of my upcoming book, Thriving Beyond Cancer.
2: And my name is Becky Olson. I am now a four-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker and the author of The Hat That Saved My Life. Sharon and I are also the co-founders of Breast Friends, And before we start our show today, Sharon, we have somebody very, very special on the phone with us. And before we introduce her, we wanted to say thanks to all of our partners for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And we've had, I think, probably more than ever on um, this year, which has been very exciting. Some of our partners are longstanding, as well as some brand new ones, including one from Southern Oregon. It's the Josephine County Foundation. And we invited a member of the foundation to call in and tell us what they're doing and talk about the success that they've had. So we have our guest today, Katie Ber- Bergor. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Well, Katie, thank you so much for for doing what you're doing. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your program and what you did this month in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month?
3: Okay. Thank you. Um, so my name is Katie Bergore. I'm the vice president of the Josephine County Foundation, and we're a nonprofit, student-led organization that um, works in our community to bring. Um, awareness to things such as bullying or homeless teens, and in this case, we are um, bringing awareness to breast cancer. And so to do that, we had a pink week at three high schools in our county, um, Hidden Valley, Illinois Valley, and New Hope. Um, We kicked off the week by selling awareness items such as pink shirts, pink bracelets, and pink drawstring bags. Um, And then throughout the week, we had spirit days such as Pink Out, Pink PJ Day, and then Kiss the Pig. <laughs>
2: and, um for kids, Wait, wait, wait. No, you can't keep going there. Kiss the pig? <laughs> <laughs> kiss the pig. That Sorry, like but... a fun one. <laughs> Tell us about kiss that. The pig. Kiss the pig is where
3: we had a bunch of te- jars with teachers' names on them, and students would put money in the um, jar that they wanted the teacher to kiss the pig, an actual oh. pig. And so at the end of the week, we have, which teacher had the most. Money in their jar would have to kiss an actual screaming pig. So, funny! Oh, <laughs> I was got really that fun. on video. Our, our, yeah, we raised over $400 doing that. So, that was a really good, good thing to do. And it was fun to watch. <laughs>
0: well, uh, and,
3: it <laughs> and then we had an assembly at each of the schools. We had a guest speaker. And for New Hope, we had um, Laura Salada, who was a survivor herself. And she just came and talked about her, what she went through, what her family went through, and gave some encouragement to um, people who have a family member going through that. And then we also had a slideshow that had um, facts about breast cancer and also lists of names of um, the people or the students knew, um, either survivor or those that lost the fight. So hmm. that was a really, wow. really good and memorable assembly.
0: And I'll then we also was. had
3: a volleyball game, a volleyball game where it was pink out. Everybody decked out in pink. Volleyball players were wearing pink ribbons, pink socks. There were even a couple people with pink beards. I thought that was really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that cool. That is was <laughs> So that a lot of spirit in that um, game. And then at the end of the game, we had a balloon release where we had names of those who fought and those who um, lost the fight. And we released Mm -hmm. those into the sky in memory of their fight. Wow. That's
2: wonderful. That gave me goosebumps just now. That's really amazing. Well, Katie, thank you so much for for doing what you did. I don't know if you guys have a total yet for what the the total amount was that you raised. But, um, Um, well... Actually, let me ask you, do you?
3: raised over $2,000. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, that yeah.
2: is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And, thank and, you so and this is a brand new partnership, and we so appreciate it. We would love to have sent somebody down to, to speak at one of your events, but you're kind of a, really far away from our our <laughs> headquarters, so yeah. maybe with a little advanced wording, next time we can plan something like that. But, um, yeah. Katie, we thank you so much for for coming on and sharing that with us, and just again thank you for everything that you've done and I think your events the event sounded wonderful. Sharon, I think we got some good ideas in there for for something we could do next time. What do you think? I love the balloons in the air. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. really sweet. It, yeah. Definitely. So. That was cool. Well, thank you Katie for for being um thank you. you know a part of this. This is amazing. And and I guess that's just shows how even um, a small community like yours can do some amazing things with their with their kids and stuff. So that's great. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you for all the work you guys do. All all right. Right. Thank you. So with that, let's bring on, on our guest Naomi Aronson, Uh, Naomi has been an occupational therapist for over 27 years and has specialized in working with hand therapy patients as well as breast cancer survivors. And at present, she's an adjunct instructor in the OTA department at Suffolk, is that how you pronounce that, community college? uh, Suffolk Community College. Great, great, and rather than me reading your whole bio, let me just introduce you. So, come on, come on, Yummy, <laughs> tell us, tell us a little more about yourself. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. So,
4: I've been an OT, as you said, for twenty-seven years, and before that, I was a recreation therapist. But I've always had an interest in exercise and um, how. got into OT was I wanted a field that was more holistic, that was more medically based. And uh, so I went back to school when I was in my late 30s. And uh, when you go back to school as an adult learner, you really appreciate the learning process so much more. So I, I really, really loved it. And It's not an easy program to get through because you have to um, take neuroanatomy, anatomy. There's a lot of courses, and now it's very research-based, so um, that's a big part of it. So I I also, in my my teaching, I also have to teach about research and why research is important now and... um, that's uh basically it and i'm i i love the field because it really we learn about the body but we also learn about how important the mind is and and that how important that connection is um when you're dealing with with a a physical illness as well as when you're dealing with an uh, emotional issue you can't it's hard to separate both of them it's like how you're feeling affects your body. Oh, absolutely. How, and, yeah. and when you're in pain, that affects your, your, how you feel in your mind. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a great field, and it really offers great opportunities for, for people.
2: Great well and boy when when you talk about how you how your body and your mind get connected that's so true you know when i get stressed over something physically i can or mentally i can feel it in with physical things in my body which is just um yeah it, it's really amazing the the power of the connection between the two so that's that's um, good i've been using
4: just for myself there's some apps that i've been using just to you know cuz just the act of breathing or just like kind of like reorienting yourself to, you know, when you're stressed out and just to focus on that breathing really helps. So there's a lot of free apps that you can use to to help yourself with that.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted for just a moment. Yes, Sharon, that was my dog. <laughs> I have my little dog here in the studio with me and he was Aww. making a little sound as my as my husband was leaving. And okay. <laughs> it's like, Okay, Swayze, you need to stop that. But Sharon wrote me, Is that Swayze? Yes. But, <laughs> but hopefully that's all over with now. So so sorry about that. Um that's we do okay. we do I like to have fat now <laughs> leaning on my leg. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay,
2: so you understand, yeah, yeah. About therapy you know, you what know, form they come in. So exactly. Anyway, we were talking about an app or something. I'm so sorry. You mentioned something about an app. Is that? Did I hear that well, correctly? That's about all of that yeah, I heard. It's an app that you could
4: use for uh, to kind of reorient yourself with, with breathing, because we oh. were discussing the mind body connection. So um, the it, the app is called Calm. Calm. And you know, it 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 tells you exactly what to do because sometimes when you're in that when you're in that state, you need you know you need somebody to kind of guide you, you know, to get True. you out of that where you are. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's really hard to quiet your head down. Sometimes, you know, I just yeah, like my body is really physically tired, but my brain won't stop. And I think having that kind of guided imagery is that sort of what that is, is that you're talking about kind of guides you through the uh, next Well, it
4: actually step. tells you, you know, it, it gives you directions. It'll say breathe, um, it'll say take a deep breath, and, and then, you know, and then it'll go on to something else. And there's also m- music, there's meditation, there's, there's uh, different things that you could do for, for all those things. And, like, they have the sound of water with it, too, as well, which That's is nice. very, it's very calming, I think. Yeah.
2: that's great yeah that would be a good thing to wake up to in the in the morning I would think and just kind of listen to that and instead of all the things going on in my head when I first wake up so that's really great so can I ask you a question was there a was there a life event that kind of got you into this into this realm of occupational therapy and especially in working with breast cancer patients well,
4: actually, I was working in a hospital and, um, I started getting breast cancer patients. And this was really in the, um, early 90s. And they were referred to me for lymphedema because we were an outpatient occupational therapy department. And, um, at that time, breast cancer was, not really talked about. People were kind of ashamed of it. I remember mm-hmm. um, I started some exercise classes and I remember one woman saying to me, Don't tell my son that I come here and I was oh, wow. he doesn't know that I have breast cancer. And wow. Yeah. So things have, have really changed. But Thank um goodness. I think <laughs> yeah. it's it's still it's still challenging because the whole thing with OT is getting back to the OT part of it is a lot of people don't really understand what, what we do and as opposed to physical therapy. So,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, you know, that's a challenge in terms of uh, the medical, you know, doctors getting them to understand how OTs can help breast cancer survivors. So uh, what I did with a few of the, of the women that i had in the in the clinic was um, we worked on range of motion but also helping them to um, do their their daily activities like mm-hmm. there's a an evaluation form called the dash uh, disabilities of the arms shoulders and hands and patients fill that out and it identifies activities that they can't participate in or have moder- moderate difficulty. So we can tailor the therapy to what what their goals are. Okay. And, okay, you know, that's, example, that's good. For uh, example, make a bed, you know, do you have mild difficulty, no difficulty, wash or blow dry your hair, and those are all functional activities. So that's what OTs work on. Is activities that are meaningful for you to be able to to accomplish. So for one person that might be driving.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: One of the one of the clients that I worked with was a nurse, and one of her she had um, she had a double mastectomy, and she had breast reconstruction, and her goal was to get back to riding her bicycle. Ah.
2: Yeah. It's a good goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm you sure know, that balance and, you know, that coordination sometimes, uh, yeah, you can lose that during chemo or, you know, some of the surgeries and things like that. So it makes yeah, I sense. I think
2: there's a lot of confusion around the term occupational <laughs> therapy because I know until I kind of learned, started learning more about it as, you know, as we're kind of going through this journey, I always thought occupational therapy was strictly therapy to help people. Get their occupational skills back. So, if you're a typist and you need work with your hands to keep your hands moving properly, that they would teach you how to do that, so you could be a typist. But what you're saying is, it's really just the term really refers to everyday living and lifestyle and just being able to do the things that you normal that you could do before. Is that? But it also that f- does include jobs too. Sure. Sure.
4: Like, but return, I mean, it's just, you know, but return it's return all encompassing. Like, you know, you want, you know, if that's what what Somebody's goal is, you know, we're going to work on that, whether that's, let's say they have peripheral neuropathy. So, uh, you know, we may uh, give them some modifications that they may have to use Something okay. for, the, for their keyboards because if they, can't, if they can't feel the keys or they don't have enough strength, you know, we may have to provide some, mo- you know, modifications to their desk as well. Okay.
1: Okay, Okay, that makes sense. The a factor. Sure. So what are your greatest challenges you think you face in your work? Well, you mentioned it. (laughs) It's a fact that a lot
4: of people don't understand the difference between occupational therapy and physical therapy. And people think that occupational therapy refers to, like you said, occupations, jobs. They don't understand mm-hmm. that um, occupations have to do with activities that people need to function, whether that be jobs or whether that be whether that's going back to riding a bike or whether that's picking up
1: their grandchildren, whatever that is. Okay. okay. Right. So, so it's a very broad, broad um, kind of a spectrum then. Um.
4: It is, but there. I mean, there is overlap with physical therapy. There, mm-hmm. there definitely is, but but we, like, a physical therapist would not be working with chemo brain per se. Like, we work with cognition as well. Okay. So if somebody was dealing with chemo brain, or I should use the the professional term, co- uh, chemotherapy related cognitive dysfunction. You know we could offer suggestions with how to manage with that whether and whether that be not multitasking or um, dividing writing down lists of what you have to do for the day or mm-hmm. putting reminders on your phone, you know doing suggestions because sometimes it's like the simplest suggestion could make a big deal because when you're going through breast cancer. It's like it overtakes your life and you become so emotionally uh, involved that it's, it's hard to think of the alternatives, you know, with things. So that's why we're here to help with those issues.
2: Great.
5: That's great.
4: Well,
2: you know what, we're going to take a short break, but I think that there's a lot more to this conversation. So perhaps we can pick it up on the other side of the break. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit BreastFriends.org and contribute today.
6: When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high-risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com.
5: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again. With the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Region's Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless.
0: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back to the program. We've been talking about the role of occupational therapy with our cancer patients and we're going to bring in um, uh, the specialty that uh, our guest, Naomi Aronson, uh, wants to talk to us about and that's Pilates. So um, let's first just chat for a second. So how specifically, Naomi, uh, can occupational therapy help breast cancer survivors? Well, I call OTs,
4: occupational therapists, the quality of life experts
1: because
4: we look at everybody in a holistic manner. We look at how you're dealing emotionally, how you're dealing cognitively, cognitively, as well as physically. So we try and put that all together and formulate a plan. And we also, you know we try to incorporate you into it. You know, what are your goals? What do you, what are your needs? What do you want to accomplish?
2: Good. And mm-hmm. um, I like that title or that definition, quality of life experts. I think that's really great.
1: Yeah. That's great, because unfortunately, that's sometimes what happens is when somebody goes through the therapies that they need to to save their lives, they're left with a little less quality of life. And so sometimes we concentrate on what we've lost rather than what we have left. And so going to an occupational therapist sounds like a great idea to make sure that we really are looking at that Quality of life, so that makes that makes perfect sense. So, so let's talk specifically about Pilates. Number one, what is Pilates, and how does that work with cancer patients? Okay, well, I'm going to just use my example, my experience.
4: Uh, I was in a car accident, and um, I had herniated discs, and and um, I had shoulder issues after the car accident. And so I was on physical therapy for a long time, and uh, I was offered Pilates as part of my treatment, and um, I just immediately saw, like, how helpful it was because Pilates involves concentration, involves breathing, it involves a lot of of um, both physical, mind, and spirit. And so it really appealed to me. And although I wasn't formally trained in it, I started using it with my my patients. And uh, I saw, like, how it helped them because, um, you know, a, a lot of times after breast cancer surgery, you're afraid to use the arm, your posture changes, your um, just your body mechanics changes, and you, you lose proprioception and kinesthesia, which is awareness of, of your body in space and moving your body in space. And I, I remember, you know, like not being able to feel how that feels. So Pilates brings you back in touch with your body. And feeling mm. how it's supposed to feel because, uh, you know, after the surgery, you, um, you know, you, you're not really sure. Like, how does that arm move? How can I get it moving? And you're afraid to, to move it as well. So mm-hmm. Pilates is, is a mind-body discipline that, uh, has principles that that it follows, and uh, I'm going to go into that. But um, what I I was going to say was um, when it it really involves a lot of concentration and, um, you know, you close your eyes, and that is really good for cognition. It's good for focus. It's good for all those cognitive things that... um, people may not have, you know, been thinking about. And, you know, because a lot of times it's like the physical. So it gets people into a different realm. But um, Pilates was developed by by Joseph Pilates. And the interesting thing about it was, and this is a, a little factoid, was that uh, one of the, Pilates had all these um, protégés. He was originally from Germany. And one of his protégés got got breast cancer, and she had a a mastectomy. Now, this is during the 50s. So during the 50s, they did a radical mastectomy. Right. They took the the muscle and
1: everything. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry? They took the muscle and everything. They really... Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um,
4: with Pilates, she was able to get total range of motion back. And, you know, at that time, the medical community didn't really accept that, didn't really believe it. So, um, you know, it didn't come, it it sort of went under the radar at -hmm. that time. But uh, what the Pilates principles are is there's there's about nine, nine principles, and number one principle is breathing. So learning how to breathe properly. And that's, you know, what we were talking about before, you know, when you're scared, you have a tendency to hold your breath. And the type of breathing in Pilates is called ribcage breathing. So that has another benefit because learning how to use the ribcage, the ribcage is involved with shoulder movement. So if we can get the shoulder and scapula moving better and just the whole area stretched that... Um, You know, that's important as well. So breathing is the first principle. And the second principle that I mentioned earlier was concentration and focusing on every movement. So a lot of times when you first do Pilates, you close your eyes because you want to feel what it's supposed to feel like. Because we're so distracted. You know, we're we're worried, did I do it correctly? How's she doing it? All that type of thing. So closing your eyes is really good. And then the third principle is control, that you maintain the proper form, alignment, and effort during the exercise. So a lot of Pilates is about posture, and that's really important after breast cancer because many women, uh, you know, they, they have tight pectoralis muscles, and they, you know, they flex their spine, and they protect the, the arm, so, um, you know, getting back in touch with what is proper alignment and proper posture is, is important. And then centering is the a fourth principle, and that has to do with all movements coming from the core. So that's where the, the breathing gets in touch too because while you, while you inhale, you kind of stabilize the body, and then as you exhale, you activate the transverse abdominus Muscle, which is part of the core, and that's really important for back stabilization. So, uh, after, for example, like any type of um, breast reconstruction, like a deep flap, your back can get affected because even though a muscle may not have been taken taken
1: re- removed, you still your body mechanics are off
4: because of the right.
1: spine right. tissue. Yeah, that makes sense. So let me ask you a quick question. Th- this so, sounds a lot like yoga. So what's the I that first- same
2: question, Sharon? And I wrote yeah. down versus yoga because <laughs> yeah, there are some the similarities.
1: Uh huh. What's the difference? You well, know, you
2: know,
4: it's interesting because Joseph Pilates stole a whole lot of his exercises from yoga. Uh, so, but he also. Uh, took his from martial arts. He was a, he was a sickly kid, so he okay. he developed his exercise program to um, to help himself better able to function. So that's where the breathing came in. So, like mm-hmm. for example, um, the boat posture in yoga is called teaser in Pilates. So he did steal some things from from okay. um, yoga. Yes. But the breathing is different. Okay. Even though it's diaphragmatic breathing, it's, like I said, that ribcage breathing. And also, okay. like with yoga, you hold, the po- you hold the pose, right? But then you'll transverse through, through uh, different poses. And uh, with Pilates, you'll have, like, let's say, a one exercise. You'll repeat that exercise. Okay. Uh, many, t- you know, not many times, but you repeat the exercise. Um, it might be six to eight times, but it's not a lot because the whole point of it is to being. Tra- it's to use those prin- principles and maintain control. So you're not flinging your body around. You're you're moving with control and moving with discipline, while really activating the core. So um, that's. I hope people understand, you know, the differences with, with yoga.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. there's, a, there's yoga definitely some, there's some subtle differences, that's for sure. And I think the, the part, of course, I'm I'm not a huge exercise girl, but at the same time, um, I know with Pilates, um, you, you feel like you've still worked out, but you haven't sweat. <laughs> that's part I like about it. <laughs> um, say it again, you have a sweat. No, I haven't really sweat when I've done yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You feel, you know, you feel like you, you feel
4: energized,
1: but calm. Yeah, you feel good. You feel the good of exercise, but you don't feel all sweaty. I at least, like, didn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Naomi, I mean, we're going to have a chance to experience some of this in a couple minutes, right? Aren't we going to, you're going to kind of guide us through a few yeah. chair exercises that people can do? Yeah, except,
4: so, um, because we're not going to be on speakerphone, I'm going to have to hold the phone. So it's going to be a little, a little challenging for me to do arm exercises by holding the phone. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll, have to, uh, I'll just do it with one arm. Okay. Um, Perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So why don't you get back to the, the other principles? I think you got to four through four of them. What were, what were the rest okay. of the principles?
2: Right. Let me uh, go back breathing, to those Breathing, principles. concentration, control, and centering. Those are the four that we have uh, so far.
4: Right. Okay. So precision is the next one. And that's the emphasis upon form. So, like, I see a lot of people in the gym. When they do an exercise, they just swing their bodies around. So Pilates is not about that. Pilates is about activating your core, stabilizing there, and then moving the arms and legs with control and precision, doing the exercise precisely. So you're not using momentum. You're using the strength of deep muscles. So it's about strengthening deep muscles, whereas like using weights is about strengthening the muscles that are on the surface that we all know about, like we all know about like the biceps and the triceps, but Pilates is about strengthening the core, which has, which is comprised of the diaphragm, the transverse abdominis, the multifidus, and the pelvic floor. So that's another side benefit of Pilates: is that if you have anything that um, has to do with um, loss of motor control of of urination, you know. Um, Th- that the, the pelvic floor is strengthened with Pilates. So um, the sixth Pilates principle is balanced muscle development. So if you do an exercise on the right, you also do it on the left. So everything is, is done that way. And the seventh is that there is a rhythm and a flow to it. So, you know, that's what probably makes it more, you know, look like, yoga however we're doing this we're doing like let's say eight repetitions of the exercise and then we'll go on to another um exercise and there's whole Pilates is about whole, whole body movement and then finally it's about relaxation as well so that's why after you've done Pilates you you feel relaxed but you don't feel like I think with yoga it's great that's you feel uh relaxed and you feel you know like your stress has has left you for the day, this kind of um makes you feel like you you have energy for the day like mm, it, that's it, good. it it energizes you but but not so much that you um get fatigued like it's, that's why it's so good for breast cancer survivors because it um you don't you don't fatigue with it. I I also call it like a lot of the exercises are done in supine. So that means laying on your back. So that's very relaxing and that's a good position for to learn how to activate the core and learn how to use your arms and legs while you are stabilizing while you're using your core and learning how to stabilize those other parts of your body so you're not moving around a lot.
2: You know, it seems like I did Pilates one time and and there was a lot of just, you know, kind of laying on the floor and lifting your leg and kind of stretching it this way and then stretching it that way. At least I think it was Pilates I was doing. Is that is that sound? Yeah. I mean, well, you go in a that, lot
4: of different positions like your Pilates is done laying on your back it's also done in side lying it's also done on the belly it's also done sitting it's also done in kneeling so those are also very functional positions so
2: mm-hmm.
4: like with the the woman that had, had the, the the who wanted to um, ride her bike I would work with her a lot in sideline because she had um some difficulties getting out of bed. So learning how to strengthen the core and sideline helps you navigate that transition while laying on your back and then going into sideline so you can get up and out of the bed.
2: Oh, good. You know, and for honestly, what you just said right there is so important because a lot of people don't realize this. When you've had breast, especially I think breast reconstructive surgery, you know, where you're having implants or some other thing, getting off of your bed is very difficult because they don't, the doctors don't want you to to use your muscle group in your chest. So they don't want you to put your arms on the bed and push yourself up to get off. They want you to roll over on your side, put your feet on the floor, and then somehow lift yourself up without using your arms on the bed. And it's hard to do if you've never practiced that. So I know we kind of make light of it, but it's, it's a big deal and it's hard it's hard to do. That was for me when I had my my first round of of um reconstruction. That's what we did was the implants and I just it was, it was really hard to, to manage that because because of that very thing. So, listen, we're going to take a 30-second, no, not a 30-second break. We're going to take a couple-minute break, but we'd like you to, if you're listening to this show um, live, go right now and get a chair. We'll give you a, a few seconds to do that. Go grab a chair, and I think that, Naomi, they want a chair that's not on wheels, correct? Correct. So, like a, okay. like a chair that
4: you want a stable chair with a back, Okay. And um, we're, we're going to be sitting on the chair.
2: Okay. So we're going to be right back. So go get your chair and then stay tuned and we'll be back with some very simple chair exercises that you can learn. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute.
0: into a healthier you voice america health and wellness thank you for listening today breast friends needs your support we rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive please consider making a tax-deductible donation to breast friends you can visit us at breastfriends.org you can also like us on facebook at breast friends of oregon be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit BreastFriends.org and contribute today.
6: When a woman is diagnosed with cancer, she faces unique challenges. No one understands this better than the experts at Compass Oncology. Our Women's Cancer Program includes a team of specialists in breast and gynecologic cancers, genetic testing, and the ongoing care of women with high risk factors. From targeted therapies and clinical trials to needed emotional support, Compass is a leader in treating women's cancer. Find out more at compassoncology.com.
5: When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again. With the compassion of a cross and shield, and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states, giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless.
0: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
1: Welcome back. We've been talking about the role of Pilates with our breast cancer survivors, and our guest is Naomi Aronson. So, Naomi, why don't you just get us right into some exercises? Okay.
4: So, what I'd like everybody to do is to move forward on their chair so that their feet are flat on the ground and there's room behind the back. Now, if you have a back issue, you can place a pillow in the back of your chair to kind of support your back, but you want your, you want your feet flat on the ground, and the reason for this is we're, we're going to be working on a little bit of posture. So, the first thing that we're going to work on is finding a neutral spine, and and. Why is this important because a neutral spine is something that we need to use when we're lifting objects up from the floor, when we're standing, and it's the, it's the most efficient form of the back. So the best way to find out if you're in a neutral spine and if you have any back issues, uh we're going to I'm going to explain the the modification for that. So you're going to place your little finger on your hip bones, your ring and your little finger, and then you're going to place your thumbs together and you're going to make a heart. Your belly button is in between that heart. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to inhale through the nose and then tilt your pelvis back so that your index fingers are higher than your thumb. That's called an imprinted position. And that's good for somebody that has back issues. Then we're going to move back. We're going to tilt our pelvis forward. So now our thumbs are higher than our index fingers, and your back should be arched. Now, that's not a very good position. I I have lordosis, which is that arch in the back. What we want is halfway in between that imprinted position and that arch position. So, we're going to inhale through the nose and then exhale and bring, tilt our pelvis back to go into that imprinted position and then inhale and then exhale and bring it into that arch position and then find that halfway position where our thumbs and our index fingers are making that heart and they're on the same plane. So that's the most efficient. However, as I mentioned before, we want to be conscious of if you have any back problems, back issues. If if that neutral position doesn't feel good to you, then go into that imprinted position. That's where the lower back is curved. So find that position. Now I'm going to show you how Pilates breathing is different than yoga breathing.
1: You're going to place your, I'm sorry? I said, okay, I'm ready. Oh, okay. (laughs) You're going to place your, your hands on your rib cage.
4: So your hands are in the front of your rib cage. Now Pilates breathing is rib cage breathing. So as we inhale the rib cage expands and then as we exhale the rib cage comes together so inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth so you should feel your rib cage moving away from your hands as you inhale and then moving towards your hands as you exhale and what that that breathing is doing is activating your transverse abdominus, which is very important in posture and it's very important for the core. So we'll try that again. So without uh, our hands being placed there, we're just going to make sure our feet are flat on the ground. We're in that neutral position or imprinted position. We're going to inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Now, something to watch out for is, are your shoulders coming up as you're inhaling? Okay, so let's go back to the breathing. So we're inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. So as you exhale, you want to pretend as if you're blowing through a straw. So the, the mouth is very small. You're opening through the mouth. So. What I suggest you do is close your eyes. So inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth, through pursed lips. That's kind of fun. (laughs) I like that. Inhale through the nose and exhale through pursed lips. You should find that as you exhale, you feel yourself getting taller. Inhale through the nose, exhale through the mouth. We don't want the shoulders elevating. We want to feel a sense of opening through the chest area. So inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Two more times. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. Last time. Inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Now, we're going to combine that with a movement of the scapula. And the movement is called protraction and retracting. And this works those wing muscles in the back. And the wing muscle, I'm sorry, the wing bone in the back. And that has a big connection to how your shoulder functions. So what I'd like everybody to do, still sitting in that neutral position, is to bring both hands forward the palms are facing one another. I would open up your eyes for this exercise. And the arms are, are facing one another. And what you're going to do is bring the arms forward as if you're hugging a child. That's called protraction. And then we're going to bring the arm back, the, the scapula back, not the elbow. And you'll it's more of a a working of the muscle in the back there. And that's what improves posture. So we're going to inhale through the nose, bringing the arms, arms forward, and then exhale as we work those scapula blade muscles in the back. So those are called the middle traps and rhomboids. And those are often weak after surgery. Inhale forward, and then exhale back. Inhale forward, and exhale back. Two more times. Inhale forward and exhale back and inhale forward and exhale back. The next exercise is called elevation and depression. This also moves the scapula. What happens a lot with breast cancer is we're scared, we're in pain, uh, we have tight muscles. And the upper traps near the neck tend to become very tight. And as a result, that brings up the scapula. So it's kind of like that turtle position where the, the head is, is forward. And what we want to do is really get that better postural alignment and better awareness of the, the scapula muscles. And also, are you, you know, lift, keeping your shoulders
2: Elevated. So you know, can I say something? That. Let me say something or ask something real quick about that. Because the other day I was at my doctor's office and she, the nurse looked at me and she said, I noticed that your right side shoulder is, when I'm resting, my right side shoulder is higher than my left side. She said, are you protecting something? And I, I thought it was a real interesting question. I didn't know how to answer it, but I looked in the mirror and she's right. I, It has probably been that way for a really long time. And the right side is the first side I had cancer on. And I'm wondering if if maybe that's what I was doing and if some of these exercises may help me kind of get that back in alignment. Is that what you're talking about right now?
4: Uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, it's like... Okay. um. It's it's like you you're hiking it up. You're using your upper trap muscles instead of and your neck muscles instead of um, using the back muscles. And so this, if you look in the mirror and then do this exercise, you'll begin to feel how what it should feel like when both shoulders are equal. And how you know like if you look at if you see it and feel it, that will help you.
2: Wonderful. Okay. I will I'll do that in the mirror and see if I can see it resolving itself in any way and see what that feels like. So thank you you for that. You want to
4: learn how to activate the muscles that bring the scapula down. Mm -hmm. Try that. I mean it's it's hard for me to know exactly what's going on without seeing you and touching you, but I'm speaking generally. Okay. that's something. And also check out your neck muscles too. Like are your neck muscles tight?
2: Usually, <laughs>
4: so yeah, yeah. that's so probably my stress suggestion related. suggestion would be too is to do some neck relaxation muscles like uh, exercises like turning your your uh, you know because we didn't have that much time. I didn't go into those, but those
2: and we even have less now because we're almost do. out. Yeah, yeah we're, we're actually we're actually almost out of time. So. Um, and I'm very interested in this, so I may go back to that Pilates video that I have and, and see if I can get some some help there. But before we actually I'm have to end the show because we're right down to the end here, Okay. we do want to ask you about your book. You have a Pilates for Breast Cancer Survivors book. How do people get a copy of that, and how can they reach you if they want more information from you specifically?
4: Okay. Well, thank. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you for your question because I thought it was a great question and a very pertinent question to what I'm talking about. Um, But uh, they can get the book on Amazon and um, they can reach me through my email which is otrcht17 at gmail.
2: Okay. otrcht17 at gmail.
4: Oh, O-T-R-C-H-T-17, so O okay. like in OT, C like right. in cat, I mean, wait, sorry, O-T like in occupational therapy, and then R like in rabbit, C like in cat, um, and then H like in hand, T like in tennis, and then the number 17 at Gmail.
2: Okay. Okay. Perfect. I so that's how they it can totally reach better you. I it's
4: say the word. It's so hard <laughs> to take down email addresses.
2: I know. It really is. But we do thank you because that way if people do have some specific questions, maybe they can reach back to you. Well, we are technically out of time here, and so we do want to Thank you for taking time out of your day to be a guest on our show. Um, And just to our listeners, there's still a couple weeks left of October, but remember, breast cancer happens all year long, so if you haven't made a donation yet to your favorite charity and you would like to consider us, please go to breastfriends.org on the top, click on that big blue button at the top of the page. You can make a donation in support of this radio show um, or for any of our other programs that we do, but we do rely on donations because everything we offer is free, but everything we do... cost money so with that I just wanted to remind you we will be back here next week and until then remember there's always hope and we're here to help you find it.
0: Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.